We are here. We've got a couple guests in studio that are joining us. Our friend Sherry B, who uh, bid on coming and joining us on Weekly Dish at the People Serving People Gala that we have participated in. If you have a gala and you want to raise money, we sometimes donate in-studio visits. So just give us a shout out. We're always about food charities and helping people that are food insecure. And uh, we have such generous listeners, as yes. everybody knows. Um, we have Shannon that is still on the line that held over. Thank you for holding, Shannon. What can we help you with today? Good morning. Good morning. Um, I have a huge soft spot for boozy coffee drinks. <laughs> <laughs> well, good morning. You then. sound fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and legitimately, the only one that I have found that I really, really like the ones that I dream about is that tongue-in-cheek, the espresso martini. So oh. I am taking suggestions. Okay, I do love that espresso martini, or espresso oh. martini. Oh, oh, st- wow. Maybe you know. I mean. Stephanie is just giving me the <gasps> evil eye when I said espresso. Where's the X? Where is it? The espresso martini at tongue-in-cheek is amazing. Yes. Um, okay, so you want to know some other good coffee drinks. There's that one at St. Dinette that is, uh, it's a cold coffee drink, but they serve it in a little demi cup, and it's got a little bit of maple syrup to it, too. It's tinged. I don't remember what it's called, but I love it. That's like, I don't order coffee drinks usually because I sort of feel like I'm waiting at the end of the night, but that one I order right away. That sounds great. Yeah. Can I just say, have you ever bought the coffee-flavored Patron tequila? Yeah, I wasn't a huge, huge fan. Okay, so you didn't love it because I'm not allowed to buy that anymore. Because you drank too much of it. I just, it became sort of like breakfast, lunch, and dinner for the time that I had the bottle and it just wasn't good. Yeah, that's a problem. <laughs> it became a nightcap and that's never good. Um, so, okay, you didn't love that. Um, boozy drinks. Have you ever been to um, Red Rabbit and sat at the bar there? Yeah. Yes, oh, okay. Because I think they've done some great boozy drinks. You know, they have some Happy great brunch Gnome drinks. Has some on their on their brunch menu too. Yeah. Like they have a great. I would say that one of their best uh, things is their brunch, and I think that they have some great great drink menus. Okay. On my Instagram feed too is a drink that is a coffee drink that is from Happy Gnome. Mm. It was incredible. Mm. It was so good. It was espresso. It was. Um, some kind of citron kind of citrus thing and then mint. Yeah. Ooh. It was really, really good. And that's okay. on Stephanie's dish on my Instagram page. You can check that out. All, All right. right. Thanks, well, Shannon. Thank you very much. Okay. We are to the point of the show where we give you our top two in our two. Give him the old one, two. One, two, one, two. And now the weekly dish presents top two, top two. The top two. Pick your best two. In all right, Miss March, you want to start us off? All right, this is the time where we talk about the two things we love that, were, that are exciting this week. I don't know if you guys saw this. It was posted in the Weekly Dish Instant Potters, but there is a new Instant Pot coming out. There is, and there what's is. the added feature? My goodness. Uh, basically, they have said that there is a new pot coming out, um, and that in addition to pressure cooking, sauteing and steaming and slow cooking, this Instant Pot will now have enough power to go up to the 15 PSI 
uh, per square, pressure per square inch, whatever, needed for safe at-home preservation. We're talking canning. Oh, We're yes. Canning. It is a canning ability. It's going to be called the Instant Pot Max, and it will also include an automatic stir. It has an automatic stir feature for making risotto even that much easier. That seems just like waiting to break. More venting it? options okay. so that it doesn't just have to be quick release or, you know, they're going to do like natural, natural release. release, but they'll also have like, they'll have intermittent release so you can sort of monitor, you know, okay. your, your, right. your abilities. Uh, and a larger, easy to read touch screen. So the Instant Pot Max is slated initially to come out in the six quart size with a release date around May or June. So it's going to be, I think, I think the canning feature is going to make this a hot item. Will you buy it? Uh, no. I will. Okay. I want to really get into canning and I don't have any desire to get into the boiling and the jars and all that really scares me. Okay. So I think I would. That that's that. I mean, like boiling in jars versus like, I mean, because most people are scared of pressure cookers and canning. That's the difference. Yeah. I don't just all the I don't know. I think I would to try it. I'm excited. You should do it. So that's coming out. So stay tuned, because I mean, literally, I think when that thing comes out, it's going to be kind of an avalanche of people. All right. So 200 bucks around there, by the way. Oh, well, that maybe will change my mind. Uh, Elizabeth Reese uh, was filled in on the show for me, and I thank her very much for doing so. And somehow along the way, I heard her talking about these cauliflower bites that she's obsessed with. They're like buffalo wings, but cauliflower. Yeah. I went to Jay Selby, which is where they have these. They were so good. I ate like two orders in the course of 24 hours because I ate one and then I got another one to take home. And I ended up eating that whole thing before my husband could even eat one of them. Yeah. They're just like it's buffalo just wings, cauliflower. but with cauliflower. It was so good. I loved it. I love that restaurant, too, which I surprised myself. Yeah. It's a vegan restaurant. I had a spicy peanut stir fry with tofu that I really liked. Everything that I saw looked super good. They have this thing that is called the Community Bowl. Mm-hmm. And you can pay $5 to pay forward a meal for someone, which I thought you buy a token and put it in the token box, which I thought was great. And then you as a diner, you can always buy the community bowl, which is you pay what you can between two and $9. And it has brown rice, black bean pico, cheese sauce, and a vegetable of the day. So I just love that, that if you're kind of not super wealthy at the moment or you're at the end of your paycheck and you still want to go out, you can go buy the community bowl at Jay Selby. I really thought that was putting the C in community, if you know what I mean. Yeah, no, I think that's wonderful. And um, I totally love those cauliflower bites. Yeah, me too. And I'm going to go back because I want to try the not meat hamburger. I haven't done it yet, but I'm going to. Yeah, it'll, it's interesting. Uh, okay, my second one is actually kind of along those same lines. Uh, it was the drinking chips at Alma. What is a drinking chip? I was popping into Alma to do a little work. I thought I'll just grab a snack. You know, I was literally thought I was going to get a cup of coffee and a banana bread and sit and do some lap topping. Instead, I saw on the <laughs> mid menu that they had something called drinking chips. And I was like, well, that's like a dare. And so I basically <laughs> sat down at the counter, got an order of the drinking chips and a little uh, glass of sparkles. And it was a lovely afternoon. And I just love the idea of what it is. It's just a bowl of potato chips, you know, kettle fried slices of potatoes. And... um Doused in hot sauce with a little bit of lemon and Parmesan 
and that's it. Yum. So it's like buffalo chips, except Yum. for not like, you know, not like so, uh, not so heavy and drippy. Oh. Just a nice, light, spicy bite, salty. So you Yum. get a little bite of it and then you and drink with a, a little glass sips. Of bubbles. Yes. Like I want that for lunch today. I know. Yeah. I ate the entire bowl in like a hot second. I love hot potato second. chips. Yeah. It, I love chips. Well, I like the idea too of, you know, we often think of potato chips as like a side, you know, to whatever sandwich or as a crunchy thing, but as a snack, as like a, just a nice little snack. They're I, perfect with a drink. Yeah, but and I want them to be. I actually like them better than fries, because fries fill you up, and I don't necessarily want to be filled up. I just want salty and crisp and a little starch. Yum. So that's it. All right, and then my second one, coincidentally, has to do kind of with coffee. Um, <laughs> I I like chai, but I don't like super sweet cloying chai, which is what you get a lot of the time. Yeah. So I'm always trying to figure out the perfect chai to whatever else ratio so that it's not just a total sugar bomb. And gray duck chai, which comes in a glass jar, you can mix your own. So I have come up with the perfect drink for not super sweet chai lovers. And here's what it is. Okay. You either make a cup of coffee Mm -hmm. or have a shot or two of espresso. You top it off with the about a third of gray duck chai and then add another like quarter cup of either cream or you can use milk. I've done both. And then you microwave all that. And it's like a coffee chai tea situation. Yeah. Yeah. It's the best. Nice. So I have been drinking a lot of this gray duck chai. The brown sugar one is my favorite, but it's pretty sweet. So I feel like I have to dilute it with something. Yeah, I don't, I chai to me gets to that cloying place. I can never get I can never drink a whole glass of it. You know, it seems like yeah. too much. So if you are able but to... But I like the idea of putting it with coffee. Yeah, it's great. That's a really nice idea. And I hadn't... I and You can it, buy a big growler of them, you yeah. know, and keep it in your fridge and just sort of dab it out when you need it. Yep. And then it's like iced coffee or I heat it up, mine up in the microwave and then I add heavy cream. Do you know one of my friends uh, uses that for her cereal milk? So in like granola. Chai drink? Yeah. She puts the chai. Yum. So you put milk and then she puts a little bit of, she puts the chai in there and then she puts the granola in there and that's how she eats her granola in the morning. That sounds awesome. I know. It's a good idea too. Granola, like just granola is the world's most perfect food. It's like close to an egg. I don't think it is. <laughs> I don't eat it very often because so much of it is full of sugar Well, and that's stuff. What my point is like, it's not actually that healthy for you. Most of them are not that healthy. It's but full when of you, carbs and sugar. And most that's why of I don't time. eat it very often. Yeah. But when you do, like when you get a good, fresh, What's your favorite granola yummy brand? Gristola granola. It is. And crapola, if I'm in Ely. I don't like the crapola as much as I like the gustola. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. And it's less sugary and it has like a lot of nuts and chunks yeah, and kind of clustery. To, yeah. I don't want dusty, dry no. powder. Mm-mm. No dusty granola. Nope, nope, nope. No dusties. No dusties. All right. Um, so that is our top two, an hour two for the day. Uh, we always, at the start of the second hour, give you two things that we're kind of craving and, and that we can't get enough of. And don't forget, check out, still check out the Facebook po- posts that we have on the Weekly oh, yes. Dish MN on Facebook. We have, we want to know how you feel, how you really, really feel about ranch dressing. There's a lot of feelings about There's ranch. There's a lot of feelings on here, and I'm loving them all. When we come back, we are going to talk about a new spirit event that's going to be happening. And we will have Gina on the line from Jay Carver Distilling, and she'll talk with us about how to get tickets and what you can expect when we come back on The Weekly Dish, presented by Red Cow. If you're craving burgers or fish fry, they're the place to go. And Red Rabbit will be right back. 
Welcome back to the Weekly Dish. I'm Stephanie Hansen. Hey, I'm Stephanie March. And if you are looking for a fun place to brunch today and you're looking for good coffee drinks, make sure that you check out Red Rabbit. Uh, Their drink master, Ian Lothar, has a great drink menu. And one thing they do at Red Rabbit on Washington that's kind of cool is they have these um, pre-made drinks that Stephanie and I have had that are like in little bottles. Just bottled cocktails, yeah. yeah. Delicious. Um, just another, somebody had mentioned that Hodges Bend has a whole boozy coffee drink menu too, which is just over across the street from the station. Hodges you know Bend. No, where is that? It's in that new building across, like, you know, the light rail right in front of the station. Yes. It's in that building with the yellow bottom Who near knew? the Anytime Fitness. Okay. Right over there. Like there's a Dumb Brothers there and now there's a Hodges Bend? Yeah. Okay. Who knew? Yeah. We're always looking for new places. Um, all right. We have Gina Holman on the line. Hi, Gina. Hello, ladies. How are you? Hey, we Gina. are good. Thanks for being with us today. I am so excited. Thanks for having me on. So I was in my Facebooks and uh, something popped up called the Minnesota Spirits Fest. And I realized that maybe I've been to this before, but it looked super fun. Can you tell us about it? So that's what's exciting. You've never been to this one before because it's our first annual. Okay, uh, there you go. <laughs> different. Um, we're, we decided so that if people don't know, right, because we, we live in our world where we think, oh, since we distill spirits, the world knows we distill spirits. And Minnesota, and so as part of our Minnesota Distillers Guild, we said, how about creating an event, and it's lovely, it's going to be at the Museum of Russian Art, and it's literally a unique experience because it's our distillery guild putting it on, um, and we have 100% participation from wow. our members, so 15 distilleries, we're all going to be there. And a huge shout-out to uh, Women Who Whiskey. They are sponsoring the event and helping us get it off the ground. So thanks, Haley and Molly. Yes. Um, And so, you know, it's just Minnesota's pretty special. And we want everybody to know that there's micro-distilleries in your town. And we're working with all of the beautiful Minnesota ingredients, with the grains, the fruits. I mean, we've got the environment. We've got the passion. And really the... Everybody around us, that there's a a real eye on Minnesota as becoming an emergent standout for destination craft spirits. So we're all about promoting the Minnesota craft distilling industry. So we're kind of provincial here. Like we think that because we're Minnesotans and the North that we're pretty cool. What do you well, think? Well, we are. <laughs> I was so, like, think. But why do you think? Like, what is it that makes our brewing or our distilling culture unique? You know, because think about it. You're, I can say from a lot of the people in the industry, somebody's got a story, right? We all have a unique story. And so whether it's the land, you know, whether it's Mike and Sherry up in Halleck and, and starting the distillery from their family, you know, grains right there in the field, if it's the distilleries, you know, like Loonshine down in Northfield, if it's Lawless, if it, you know, Bank Distillery being the first distillery brewery. I mean, we've got, if I, I should take a second. So we've got Bank Distillery, Canchasta, Copper Wing, Damp Works, Due North, Far North, Isanti, Jake Harbor, Lawless, Loon Liquors, Panther, Rock Filter, Tattersall, Twin Spirits, you know, Minnesota, Woman Owned, and Vicre up in Duluth. I mean, we're all, we're all in it together, and I think it's kind of the, 
you know, it was it was used so much at the Super Bowl, Bold North. But I think it's awesome because I think we've got grit. I think that we have the fabric of hard work. I mean, it's kind of like the Dunkin' Donuts guy, you right. know, waking up at 4 o'clock to make the donuts. You're waking up at 4 o'clock, you know, making your mash and grinding the grain. And, you know, at Jake Carver, we're starting at 6 o'clock in the morning, and sometimes we're not leaving the building until 11 o'clock at night because we have an event as well. So I I think it's the fact that we're Minnesota makers that aren't scared to roll up our sleeves to do the work to create a standout destination for craft spirit. I do love that in this environment, so it's going to happen at the Museum of Russian Art, which is extraordinary, gloriously beautiful. It's a beautiful little place. Oh, it's so cool. I love that you could come here if you're a distilling fan and who isn't, And you have 15 different places, and you can kind of sample them all at once versus going to all the different tap rooms. Correct. And that's why we did it. So to say we're all going to come together conveniently for you as as our fans and our our distilling family, and then you can meet the maker. You know, and we we actually created a ticket for a VIP ticket because we we really did gauge our, our audience out there. And there's a number of people that want to come in early um, and try some of the limited edition releases that we have going on and some special sample cocktails. So um, there's limited VIP tickets left. So if you go to Eventbrite and even just type in Guild, this event comes up. Okay. And we all have it on our Facebook pages as well. Yep. So six, six to seven is the VIP ticket. And then from seven to ten, the... Crowds rushing, and then again sampling the beautiful craft spirits. Um, a lot of people love just tasting the meat to see what's behind. Then the craft cocktails that are built around each individual spirit. All right, we've been awesome. talking with Gina Carver uh, or Gina Carver. I always <laughs> do that. Know, you know what? I'm changing my name. You might Every as well, Gina. Gina Seriously, do you have a think that you have a typo in Jay Carver? Because I think it's it's supposed to be what's your name? And I said. Uh, Jay Carver, we're good. That's funny. <laughs> Gina Holman, Jay Carver Distilling, thanks for joining us today and talking about the event. We appreciate it. Wait, you know what? And just a shout out to you too and 107.1. Truly, thank you so much for just keeping the light on all of us Minnesota makers. Oh. There's so many, whether it's the bitters companies or, you know, just, just all the different crafts. You two really highlight us and, and we're eternally grateful. Oh, nice. Thank you, Gina. We appreciate it. That was just amazing. The shout out. Oh, wow. Um, Stephanie, if, if you look at these 15 distilleries that are participating, is there one that stands out to you that you're like, wow, everything they have done just really it's seems not fair. To, you can't do that. Is that like <laughs> that's like an entire is that like magazine package? <laughs> I can't possibly do that. But okay. I will tell you that there are certain places that I think have because I think the distilling game is so young in town. Yeah. And I believe that you really I think that time and tide is really the key here. And I think that a lot of people are doing great things. But I think this is just the beginning and and things that you may think are I mean we've already seen some of the evolution and I think you know of course I love far north up in you know Halleck Minnesota yep. with Mike and Cherry Reese you know like Gina was saying and of course I love Gina I love and the Carver Jay Carver and they yep. they you know the their intention you know far north they are 
you know, growing the grains in the front of the distillery and they're doing it all. Like when we say grain to glass, they're growing and picking the grains and then they're bringing rye back in a very cool way. And uh, Jay Carver, they're doing things where they're really looking around at who's growing in their area because they want to stay local as local as possible. Yeah. It is just really fun. it's, It's a very cool thing that's happening. And I personally find this, you know, to be, I, I love craft beer and that whole revolution, but I am most excited to see where the distilleries end up. Oh, so cool. Yeah. All right. Well, if you want to check that event out, do. You may run into me. I'm not going to lie. I'm uh, going to be gone. I'm sad. <laughs> we're going to go ahead and we're going to take a break. And when we come back, Stephanie is going to give you the we're skinny gonna, on ranch. We're going to talk ranch because it's National ranch, ranch Day, kids. We'll be back. No, hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Uh, I want to wish you guys all something very significant. Happy National Ranch Day. Ranch. Ranch dressing is uh, today is the day that they have set aside to honor that very controversial condiment, I think. Why is it controversial? Why is it controversial, you ask? Well, I think that it is. uh, I think it's really interesting. Um, And we put it to the Facebook page and we asked you guys, what is your relationship with ranch dressing? Your relationship. I wanted that to say, because I didn't want to plant it in your, like, do you love it? Do you hate it? Do you eat it on everything? Do you only, is it a very specific thing? Do you have to make it at home? All this kind of stuff. Before we get to your responses, I do want to talk a couple things about, to give you some context for ranch dressing. Do you know that it was created in 1949 by a plumber turned cowboy? In Las Vegas? Uh, In Alaska. Okay. Steve Henson started cooking for his coworkers and perfecting his buttermilk dressing recipe. Five years later, he moved to California with his wife, Gail, and bought a ranch. His famous buttermilk dressing soon became the staple at the dinner table of what's known as Hidden Valley Ranch. For <laughs> And wow. before long, the Hensons started selling it to their guests and local supermarkets. And over two decades later, in 1972, the couple sold their name and recipe to Clorox for $8 million. But it was originally, I know when we say Clorox, we go, oh, bleach. But it was originally buttermilk, mayonnaise, and herbs. And that's it. And maybe it should still be I know. buttermilk, mayonnaise, well, and herbs. This is the thing. So the average American consumes salad dressing 38 times a year. And by far, the most consumed one is ranch. Wow. I know. Do you feel like that the ranch, like the Hidden Valley Ranch in particular, that brand, like that the taste of it has kind of changed over the years? Well, I don't know because I don't buy it in the bottle, to be quite honest with you. I always used to buy the mix and then I would doctor it up myself. Okay, so you make your own mix. Yeah, I use the dry seasonings to sort of make it into something that I want it to be. So I don't know, though. Have you? Do you feel that way? Well, I'll be honest, as a parent, Mm -hmm. there became this window and my daughter's 21, so... They became this window of where when you had kids, you used to feed them stuff with ketchup and then it became you fed them everything with ranch. So as long as you had a bottle of ranch, they would eat the crappy vegetables or whatever you were putting on their plate. Yep. Um, I don't personally like that taste in yeah. the bottle, but I love a homemade ranch and I can tell a homemade ranch from a mile away and I make it myself. Yep. Well, I will tell you, it's interesting you said that because today's ranch obviously bears little to no resemblance to the original in the really? bottle. Yep. They say the, the original recipe was buttermilk, mayonnaise, spices, and herbs. Um, and, but it was obviously, it's perishable. You can't, that's a, yep. you know, a natural food. Um, so it's the shelf stable alternative, you know, the people who have bought it and owned it over the last and have made it into the things that ranch dressing now is, of course, includes ingredients like MSG, diosodium, 
adenosate, who knows, disodium guanolamana, clodium nirkenflurkin, yep. all the things that are in there are not, are different from what an original ranch would be. And I do think you hit on something. I think that when you buy the ranch dressing in a bottle mm-hmm. versus you buy the packet and then you make it yourself, yeah. I think that's infinitely better. So if I you can't too. make your own dressing for whatever reason, yeah. the packet is a good substitute. I do too. Um, and I will say that Hidden Valley Ranch sold $440 million of salad dressing last wow. year. $440 million wow. of salad dressing. Now, how do you fare? Now, the by far the most controversial thing about ranch to me seems to be people's predilection to put it on their pizza. How do you come down on the pizza with ranch dressing yeah, situation? Because you can dip your crust in it. Why not? Sure. Well, people put it on the pizza. Like on your pizza. Well, I don't want it on my pizza, but okay. I'd like to dip the crust. Well, that's I think just that's bread. Fun. That's just bread and ranch. Yeah, but which I mean, is good. But I mean, that's just, that's, we- it's a very strange thing to me that people dip their pizza into it. I can see it. I I can see it. I'm sorry. I think it would be good. There's a uh, there's a pizza place in Dallas that charges one thousand dollars for a side of ranch dressing because they don't want you to put it on their. That's pizza. hysterical. I, know. I love that. I know. I know. Okay. So then when we go to the Facebooks, it seems like people are. I think overall they rather love ranch. It's uh, amazing. It is. It, it, I mean, you know, there's people who hate it, but then a lot of people have said, like Tara, she loves it home style, not from a bottle. Um, Chris has said, if you go Whole30, it becomes the best thing yeah, ever. Yeah, it is totally life-changing because it's it? all you can eat that tastes good. It is, really? <laughs> With your vegetables, yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, Gina says she can't. her family can't live without it. So ridiculous. You name it, and it has ranch on it, even ice cream. Okay, that's gross. That's just too much. We've crossed over. Okay, Tracy, I love this one. She says, I love it on everything. I went all the way to St. Louis one time to eat at the restaurant that is themed around ranch called Twisted Ranch. That's fun. We did the ranch flight of about 18 different flavors. I love a good homemade ranch or even the Hidden Valley out of the packet. So you're with me, Tracy, on the packet situation. 18 different ranches. That's fun. What a fun concept. I know. So a lot of people kind of go meh. You know, unless it's homemade, I could leave it there. You know, Jill, our friend says, if there are chopped fresh herbs and buttermilk, then I can deal. So I think that it's interesting. Um, And then Kate says, I have to make the Hidden Valley dry packet so much better than any bottle can't live without it. It's the best. Do you want my two ranch hacks? Yeah. What's your ranch hack? Okay. Ranch hack number one, Bold House Farms makes a yogurt ranch. Yep. But it's a little like thick for my taste. So I pour a little out. Yes. And then I either add in some water. Or buttermilk if I have it and shake that all up. Yeah. So now I have a thinner dressing, less calories, but still like that tart of the yogurt in the ranch because I like that. There's a lot of people using Greek yogurt in place, you know, to make the ranch, you know, a different, better dressing. And I do like that. Okay. So this is hack number two. Okay. You don't have a Hidden Valley packet and you don't have a bottle of ranch, but you want ranch dressing. Yeah. Here's what you do. Yeah. Some mayonnaise, some yogurt. Mm-hmm. Um, you grate Garlic, Garlic. powdered, or not powdered, dried tarragon. Oh. A little bit. And then you shake all all that up with lemon juice. Oh, lemon juice. That would work. Yeah. And this makes a, like a ranch. A ranchy thing. The longer it sits, the more like kind of licorice-y, herbaceous the tarragon infuses. And some people like that. Some people don't. Yep. But you can keep this a long time and just keep adding like to it or thinning it out or adding more yogurt if you want it tangier. Yeah. I basically use this for everything. Oh, and dried mustard, too. I forgot to tell you that. Okay. My, 
excuse me, my family's always like, can you make your ranch? So like, I don't, that's how I make that's it. That's how you make it. Mm-hmm. So for me, a green goddess is also, <gasps> yes. I mean, really a green goddess is like a step off ranch. Right. And yet nobody has any like serious issues with that. I like, I wouldn't, I can't see still dipping pizza sauce into that situation. I don't understand that creamy sauce, creamy herby sauce with pizza and the red tomatoes. And like, I mean, that's weird to me, but the green goddess, I would, I mean, I would probably eat, with anything. Yeah. Have you made I Stephanie? I would dip a burger in there for sure. Oh, yeah. Have yeah. you made Stephanie Meyer's Green Goddess? I haven't. She's our friend. I think, was she on she the show on the week ago. before last yeah. when I was gone? Thank you for filling in, by the way. She has, it's kind of like a Green Goddess, but it's, and it is in her version, but it's also got capers. Oh, yeah. And um, lemon. Yeah. And then what well, is Well, it's her? usually like a little bit of, you know, parsley. Anchovy. Anchovy sometimes, a little crushed red pepper. It's almost like a chimichurri, but a little yes. bit south of that. Um, Heidi has said that she uh, does Penzi's Buttermilk Ranch Dry Mix. So Penzi's has its own spice dry mix. Oh, that's interesting. That would be great, I think. That would, you know, be a very high quality dry mix. Is there like, if you're going to use, if you're Penzi's and you're using a dry buttermilk ranch to describe your... Do you have to like have the trademark on the ranch? Because is ranch trademarked? I don't know. I wonder about that. But no, maybe not. Because like, maybe you couldn't say Hidden Valley Ranch. Or right. You couldn't say you know. I guess I don't know. I guess not. It's but, become like well, it's like French dressing completely. Like, but you're right. Ranch is sort or of or like Coke. Yeah. Oh, it's ranch. Right. Everybody knows what ranch it's Kleenex. is. Kleenex. I know. Yes. Weird. It is like Kleenex. I don't know. Um, I will tell you that Hidden Valley Ranch today is celebrating. And um, in the past, they have done some really fun stuff with their their uh, with with National Ranch Day. Um, they've done a one hundred and ten dollar ranch fountain. Which you could purchase. They've done ugly holiday sweaters. I, I kind of like the idea of a $50 mini keg, which could be. Of ranch? Yeah, like almost like yours in your fridge, you know, when you just keep adding to it. And then that's kind of an interesting a idea. A mini keg of ranch is funny. It's a, a mini keg of ranch. Um, this year, you guys, they are auctioning off, or there's somehow you can win a $35,000 bottle of ranch dressing. It's jewel encrusted. It's gorgeous. <laughs> It is ah! bling for real, and all you have to do is kind of follow them and retweet. So I already retweeted it out. So I know I didn't follow them because I don't need ranch that much ranch in my life. Doing ranch, right? Here's a good idea though. If you're a restaurant, yeah, like I liked this idea of ranch flights. So yeah. you have like a little flight glass, like you'd have for a flight of beer, but it has different. Like you have the Chipotle ranch, you have the lemon ranch, you have the whatever different types of ranch. And then you serve it with like a stalk of broccoli or a carrot or whatever. Yeah. And to have a ranch flight is actually pretty ingenious. Well, okay. Here's another weird thing. Or I'm a just, fry. Right. I would do. I would. I would do fries. I would fries do with chips. a ranch flight. I would do that. I would do scrutates. Yes. Um. Here's another weird yes, thing that I just created a restaurant theme, Stephanie. There's an entire restaurant like we know it is. in St. Louis, Missouri called and House Ranch. And you could range. have tater tots. I would you do could tater have tots. Chicken wings. Yep. Chicken fingers. Yep. Uh, and I would do a mozzarella spicy ranch. Yeah, you could do all of oh, that. Oh my! We just created a whole concept. I am not accepting any bids for that. I'm not going to open one. <laughs> We're not going to take a Kickstarter on that. Grilled cheese wedges, like sliced. You know how they sometimes serve the fingers, grilled cheese yeah, fingers. Yeah, that could be good. Yum! That could work out. Maybe I, we should talk to O Cheese Food Truck and see if they want to do that. Luke Shimp, if you're listening, that's a good idea. We just created an entire restaurant concept for you. Um, I will say this, and I'm going to leave you with drinks. The, with you the could one have thing, Aqua V, Aqua V and stop. Ranch, nope. or stop. Dylan stop. Ranch. Stop! Stop! And, stop! Okay. Stop! 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 That's enough. <laughs> Sorry, I get so excited. 
But I will say this. There are people, you know, there are Mexican restaurants that serve their chips and salsa. Yes. Yeah, no, I'm not Tortilla chips that. and ranch. Well, except, no, I just, that's not, but that's not what I want at a Mexican restaurant either. Like, I want guacamole or I want salsa, but I don't want ranch. I, that's a weird thing to me. But instead of a squiggle of sour cream, a squiggle of ranch no, on your... No, 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 but like a set, like a dressing. Like, that's different than a squiggle of sour cream. Okay. You know what I, I mean? And I'm not saying nachos, just like a dip. Like there was a little yeah, thin cup. salsa and then thin ranch. And I was like, I don't understand what's going on here. Not to digress, but okay. I'm going to for one second. Okay. If you're listening and you own a restaurant, please stop serving plastic dip cups. <laughs> I don't want a dip cup with a lid on it when I'm in your sit down restaurant. It is not fast food. Well, it depends I realize if it it's is. handy, but. Like, come on, try. Are you talking like a full service, like fine dining restaurant? Or, or just like... Like a burger shop should be able to do that. No, I don't oh. want your cup. I want it in like a ramekin and I don't want a lid on it. Like you made it last night and you're just going to throw me one ketchup cup and one ranch cup. I find that lazy and I don't like it. I find that efficient when you are in a labor crunch situation and your kitchen is not maybe showing up all the time. And so you do pre-make your stuff. And so then maybe oh, so instead of getting, ranch cup. instead of not having any ranch, I would rather have a ranch cup. You may as well just bring me the bottle and let me serve myself. That I am. But then That's, you would feel equivalent. weird about that, though. I would feel weird would sharing feel ranch, but weird. I don't feel weird sharing ketchup. I know it's weird. All right, that's, a, that's all we got for ranch, you guys. We're done. Happy ranch day, everybody. Go out, chug a bunch, make some of your own, dip your fingers, whatever you need to do. When we, we come back, we got you covered. We have events and the moral of the story when we come back. Today welcome back to the Weekly Dish. This is the part of the show where we <laughs> give you the moral of this week's story. What's your story? My moral of the story is I have very strong feelings about ramekins and ranch. Apparently you do. And uh, that's the moral of the story. No, um, let's see. Um, moral of the story is that traveling is super fun because it always makes coming home really fun. Aww. I was so thrilled to come into the United States and have meat. Really? Yes. You weren't eating like any meat? A, no. Oh, you were eating a, a lot of big, fish. big, juicy something. Like mm -hmm. I ended up having a pork chop the first night, but that first hamburger was the best. Wow. And I really appreciate just the quality of beef that we have in the United States and in Minnesota in particular. It is just amazing. That's cool. Yeah. That's very cool. Good hamburger. Um, my Red cow hamburger, actually, as you know. Yes. My husband's favorite place. Because he is addicted. Um, I will say that my moral of the story is, wow, a lot of people really like ranch. Yes. <laughs> did you, were I, you surprised by that? I was because I did not grow up with a ranch. I mean, my mother's German. And so that was, and we didn't have any processed foods really. And so we didn't, I mean, like we did, but like that wasn't a thing that she grew up with. So why would she buy it for us? And That's so right. it just wasn't a thing. And so I came to ranch in college and I just didn't, you know, I don't know. I don't have it in my I don't have it as a thing, but I mean, I'm always surprised how many people love ranch. Can I just, okay, I'm, this is a reply from Pat that I'm going to edit for brevity, but this is what she wrote on your ranch comment, okay? Yeah. I love ranch, but I no longer buy dressings commercially made. I just want more ingredient control, you know? I'm doing the same with other things, too. Like, I Google the recipe, and I add the necessary ingredients to my collection, and then I have interesting spices or ingredients to Google recipes for them to use up. And I actively do use these interesting spices, but no more old herbs and spices. I use them all. That practice has added a lot of flavor variation to my base sauces and soups, and I can't wait to start container gardening for fresh herbs. Wow! Like, whoa! Wow! That is a ranch response. Wow! This is why we love our readers or our listeners. Yes. Readers, listeners, you we sometimes have the are the best same. Weekly Dish listeners. Yeah, you Seriously. just really you give it your all, and we are excited about that. Yes, I love that. 
Um, do just, you have some events coming up? Well, I wanted to let you guys also know that um, we so we talked about Ugly Delicious, which is David Chang's new uh, show on Netflix. Yes, and that is um, I wanted what I wanted to do is let you guys know if you want to binge watch that all week long. Next week we're going to have a full segment discussion of it, but I wanted to make okay. sure that to give people the opportunity to start now, so that next week we're going to have a whole dissection of Ugly Delicious, what it means. You know, David Chang, we can take him down. I have a friend who I think is going to do it at the same time. If you don't want to do it, you can. You, I'm no, looking I'll at. No, watch, but bring in your friend if yep. you want. No problem. And we're just going to have a discussion about it. And so I just wanted to give you guys a heads up. So yep. if you wanted to be a part of this team, we can totally open it up for calls and stuff, too. As we look uh, look ahead, um, we have a lot of live broadcasts coming up. Mm-hmm. On March 24th, we're going to be out at the Women's Expo. Yep. That is at the Convention Center. So you can come out and watch Weekly Dish Live. We will be there. On April 7th, we're going to be out at Arks Value Village in Richfield. So if you are someone that thrifts or you want to add to your collection of plates for your spring or you want a picnic basket, they have such cool stuff there. And I think we might do some fun bar cart things with them and to do some fun uh, to do some fun tablescaping and things like that. Yes. I think that's a good idea with them. And then on the 21st of April, we are going to be at Bachman's on Lindale. It's our first time we've ever broadcast live from out there. So that'll be be fun. I'm going to eat some pastries. Gardening Um. and fun. Yes, definitely. So there's some news that came out this week. You guys, Market Barbecue is moving. You saw that? Yes, I did. So uh, they are going to, they don't know exactly, they don't have the spot, you know, necessarily sewn up completely 100%, but they're moving because that whole building that they're in right now is getting redeveloped. Um, But they, you know, they've been in a bunch of different locations over the years. So it's 70 years and they're still going strong. I love that. It is a family owned shop. So it's the Polsky family. And so Anthony is in charge now and uh, they're going to move their big pit smoker. I'm excited by that. Um, Letting you guys know that Cluster Truck is coming to town. I'm very interested by this. Help me understand Cluster Truck. Cluster Truck is a national company, but they have some local ties. We know some people in common. Um, It is going to... Okay, so when you get food delivered right now from like Grubhub or from Bite Squad or or anything, basically what's happening is you are ordering, you're putting in your order, someone is driving to a restaurant and getting that food and then bringing it to you and possibly getting other foods at other restaurants in the area and then eventually getting it to you, right? A lot of people are just unsatisfied by that delivery process as it tends to get soggy, your meal arrives lukewarm, it's not the best food experience. Cluster Truck is changing all of that. They are coming to town and they are a restaurant that is delivery only. So they will be making the food and delivering it to you all at once. So you make an order, they cook your food and they bring it to you. It is not a thing where there's any heat lamps or they're waiting for someone to come get it and then they're waiting to get it to you. Do they drive the truck to the front door of my house? They will do curbside delivery. So yes, they will. They will you will have to meet them outside and they'll send you like an Uber thing, a ping that goes, We're waiting out you know, we're at outside if you can come out and meet us. Or meet us in two minutes. That kind of a thing. You walk outside, you oh, grab your stuff and you go. Because they must be cooking it while they're driving. No. Well, there's you can actually the fun thing is it is all funded by techies. You they've streamlined the process so that you can watch your food the minute you get your order in. You can track its entire process. If you're ordering a burger, they may say the burger is cooking. Okay, now the burger is being assembled. The burger is being put into the box. The burger is going into the car that is coming to you in seven minutes. They say their average delivery time from order to delivery is 21 minutes. Okay, but wait, how is this different? Because if I order um, John's Chinese 
and the Uber car or the a car pulls up to get it. John's Chinese has just made this for me, and John's now Chinese it's driving. Is probably sitting there. Yeah, that's a that's the theory is that Bite Squad or Grubhub comes to pick it up when it's just off the line. But the eventuality is that oftentimes they cook it and then the car gets there. How much, you know, after a while. And then also they may pick up something else. I always see the Bite Squad guys at uh, Midtown Global Market and they go from one kiosk to the next kiosk to another kiosk to get other yep. people's orders. So then yours is sitting there waiting, you know, in, and then maybe they go to somebody's house before they get it to yours. This is door to door, order huh. to door. And you don't have to have, basically, you can be anywhere in their delivery zone in the Twin Cities. You can be sitting at a brewery, you can be sitting at a, in a park. And you can be sitting anywhere and they will deliver it to you. Okay. Very interesting. I know. I don't know. I'm skeptical, but I'm interested. I have a friend in Denver who uses it all the time and she loves it. And she said the food is legit. Okay. Wow. Watch. And you can sign up right now, by the way, you guys, for to be a beta tester if you if you're in the delivery zone. So if you want to sign up, go ahead. And they're going to I think they're going to try to take over the world. Just letting you know. Okay. That's pretty interesting. Right. Don't you think so? Yeah. Yeah. Have you done it yet? It's not here until May. Okay, so you're going to be a beta in May. Yeah, I mean, because I'm media, I think I'm in a different sort of beta chunk. But yeah, so there's that. So May. So cool. I know, all the things. <laughs> all right, you guys. All right, Sherry B., thanks for being in studio today. Woo-hoo. We really appreciate you coming in. Um, we are The Weekly Dish, and we love bringing you fun stuff every week. And we'll see you guys next week. We will. Uh, next week, we're going to be live in studio, just right here at Albert Broadcasting, like normal. <laughs> Uh, Thanks to Red Cow and Red Rabbit for bringing us the show every week. When you go and eat there, please let them know you appreciate their sponsoring our show. They literally pay to bring it to you. So thanks. Okay, ciao, ciao.